0: Yes. Okay. So welcome to the podcast. It's called Thank pessimism you. at its finest.
1: Thank you. So and
0: much. I'm actually Warren. starting,
1: sorry. <laughs> I'm starting a podcast this summer. Um, my husband and I called Southern fried yeah. recovery about, um, eating disorders and mental health recovery. So I'm excited to kind of have my first experience on your podcast to kind of, uh, learn, learn the ropes.
0: Lauren, tell the podcast a little bit about yourself.
1: Oh, goodness. I am 31 years old. Um, I, like I said, I work in a school. I don't want to tell specifically what I do, um, but I work with children um, and I am married. We have been, my husband and I have been married for almost nine years, but we have been together for 17. We were high school sweethearts. Oh my gosh. and I'm, I'm very close with, with my parents, my mom and dad. I, I don't have any siblings. I'm an only child. Um, <laughs> twins. We don't have children, but we have five guinea pigs that are our little zoo here at our house. Um, they are our, our little precious babies, and, and we're just kind of content that way.
0: Okay, that's really good. Okay, so first thing I'm gonna ask is, I'm so obsessed with high school sweethearts. I love the stories of them. My um, one of my cousin and his wife right now are high school sweethearts in grade nine. He saw her like, you know how schools have like two levels, like the main level, and like and um, top yes. level. So he saw her just walk by the glass like of the top level the first week of grade nine, and he's like, "That's my wife," oh my and God. They have three kids now and they've been together ever since. Wow. I know it's not wild, <laughs> but anyways, I want to hear your story. Well,
1: we, so I was, I was in eighth grade. He was in ninth grade. So okay. he, um, we, we had gone to the same school, but didn't know each other. I knew his name, but I didn't really know anything about him. Um, and I was, we called it boyfriend and girlfriend or going out or whatever you want to call it. Uh, with a friend of his. And I was just kind of over it. And I just, I didn't really want to date anybody. And he he told his friend, well, let me, um, let me talk to her, see if I can maybe talk her into going back out with you. And, uh, d- did you ever do it? Or do you know what AOL instant messenger is or aim? Yes.
0: A hundred percent.
1: Well, he messaged me there and, um, we talked about his friend and then I, I don't really know how it happened. We just ended up together and we, we started dating and, um, went through high school and, and I started college. He started working and then he started college. And I just, I never really thought we would get married. Um, I don't know why. I just kind of thought that this was just a long-term relationship and it would run its course and then in one day he hinted around we were actually in florida at the wizarding world (laughs) Harry Potter and this was in january and our um we were starting to talk about valentine's day and he said something along the lines of well what i'm going to get you this year is going to be pretty big um and i immediately thought about a ring and i was like oh my goodness um is this happening do i want this to happen yes i want this to happen give me a ring um and so we got married after college and um you know we we finished college he's actually gone back to college to get a degree in teaching um so he's in college again but we both work in schools and we bought our first house and um the rest is history i it I always like the quote that marriage is when you take dating too far. And I guess that's what we did.
0: <laughs> I love that one. Actually, I never heard that quote, but I'm going to use that now. Please do. When yeah.
1: I'm- you just take things a little too far and then you end up here. I don't know. I
0: know. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I invited you on the podcast mainly to talk about like child free. Yes. Because. Yes. And I think learning how long that you've been with your now husband, when, if you don't mind me asking, when did you to decide that you wanted to be child-free?
1: You know, I, I don't know. Um, when we were dating, we talked about having children because I think, and I, I I don't mean this to be funny. I really did not know at the time when I was a teenager that that not having children was a choice that people made I I didn't know anybody that didn't have children you just you got married and you had kids and that's just what I thought you did um but then as we got closer to the time that we were going to get married you know we were in college we were working we were working hard and we knew that that was not the right time and we kind of decided that never was going to be the right time um and I know people say that they say you know you never really, there's never a really right time to have kids. You just have to jump in feet first and do it. But we just, you know, we, we, like I said, we work in schools, we kind of, we get our fill of kids and we love the kids that we work with. And then we get to come home to each other and we get to go out to dinner and we get to do things we get to take naps Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of great. And I kind of just, I don't want to, I don't want to break that. And I think some of it too goes back to my issues with eating disorders and mental health you yeah. know, at a certain time I had to tell myself, you know, I'm going to dedicate my life to taking care of the 14 year old me that I never nurtured. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I owe that to myself. So that that's kind of how we got here. We, we never really, there wasn't a, a definitive time where we sat down and said, we're a child free mm-hmm. couple. Cause I, you know, I didn't even know that term for a while. Um, we just said, this is not what we want and that's okay.
0: That makes sense. That That is true. That is true. I think that even till this day, I don't meet that many child free couples like right on a daily basis, especially by choice. Right. And and so I wanted to know more about the lifestyle because I always thought that I like I think when I was 12, I was more like kids seem like a burden. But I think that's when I started working with kids. Like at 12, I started working with like preschool kids. Mm-hmm. And you have like 12 at one time. So you kind of like, you kind of get the, the gist of what we, I think we both had similar situations in working with kids in that way. And then you get to the teenage stage and you're working with 30 teenagers. And then you're like, oh, this is a rough age too. And then you realize all the ages are rough. <laughs> and then you wonder, do I really want to <laughs> all right have to navigate somebody through life to the point that they get to because it's past 18 now it's definitely like 30 40 yes Yes. Um, the rest of your life
1: yeah I think about my mom and dad they were they were child free for a long time they um they never talked about having kids um they got married young they built their house they went to college they um, went back to college, built their, you know, they just built a life together. And then one day it, it was almost too late. They were in their early to mid thirties before they even started talking about, well, maybe we want a kid, you know? And then mom found out she had endometriosis and so she had to have surgery and it didn't work. So she had surgery again. I, I can't remember what kind or, or what they did. Um, but about a year after the second surgery, she was able to get pregnant with me. And so they were, my parents were 37 when I was born, which is considered later in life. Um, yeah. Mom, you know, her pregnancy was a little more risky because at that time when I was born, um, anything 35 and older was considered a higher risk pregnancy. Yeah. And so I think about that and I think about how hard they tried to have me. And then I think about you know, when I was a teenager, them having to worry about me with my eating disorders and my mental health disorders. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
1: just, God bless them. I don't know how they did it. And I, I was a stubborn teenager and, uh, still Mm -hmm. a stubborn person and, you know, they, they loved me through it, but it, that would be hard to do for someone to, to carry their burdens as your own, especially your child. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how people do it. I really
0: don't. 100% 100% I think that it is really hard I think sometimes you have animals too yeah so I think sometimes I look at my animal and I see like the needs that she, I have a dog and I see the needs that she has because she's higher maintenance for a dog I have mm-hmm. to be honest right. and I think like what if this was a child who spoke who couldn't be left alone for five hours like could i handle those things i think those are honest genuine questions i have like the right. love that your parents gave or the love that my mom gave to me i think that sometimes like you wonder if you'd be able to give that as well as your parents did
1: right that's right. like a question I, I have yeah i and and i i would do my best um you know and you know the, the children that i work with i carry their burdens with me i i i see them in my sleep I I take their problems home with me. Um, I can't imagine how tenfold that would be if I had a child of my own. And I, I've always told my husband, you know, halfway jokingly, halfway not, you know, if I ever come home and one of my students is with me and I tell you to help me raise him or her, just do it. Um, because, yeah. you know, I worry so much about them and, and the lives that they live. and And some of them, you know, don't don't have the best of lives. So Um, yeah, but I, it's just, I feel like I would give so much of myself and I would lose myself, um, if I had a child. And like I said before to reiterate, you know, I, I spent so many years neglecting myself and my health and my mental health and my well being. And I, you know, I want to take care of, of my inner child as well, you know, because I, I didn't for so long.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, my next question for you is, so you're from the South. Yes. What is it like to be 31 in the South and not have kids yet?
1: Um, it's interesting that you said not have kids yet, because that's kind of how a lot of people, um, see me as, you know, she doesn't have kids yet. And it's hard to explain, you know, when, when I first got married, That was the question that was asked as it always is, you know, when are you having kids? Um, And people don't really accept that I'm not having kids. That's, that's not a good enough answer. Um, So I get a lot of, well, you'll change your mind or when you have kids, not if you have kids, it's always a Um, win. Or um, I wasn't ready at your age either, but now I can't imagine my life without, you know, I get a lot of that. And I, I get it, you know, people, like I said, for so many people, that's their natural next step is you get married, you have children. And you know, now that I've been married for almost nine years and haven't had kids, I think people are are starting to realize more of, oh, maybe she's serious about that. Um yeah. so I, I don't know. I, I get a lot of people asking, and no nobody's disrespectful when I say that I, I don't think I am, but sometimes maybe I don't explain that I'm I'm really not. It's not just a not now, it's a not ever. Um, yeah. So you know, my parents are are fine with it. They, because I guess because they were without me for so long. They were married for 17 years before I was born. So wow. they understand the want to live your life without kids. Um, you know, some some people in my family, on on one side of the family, none of my cousins and I have children. And then on the other side, my cousins have a lot of children. Um, so. I think some of it's with my generation, you know, millennials are, are having less children. Yeah, and I think that's we are. well-documented. Um, but in the South, it's, it's very different. I think as in other parts of the world, women are still kind of viewed as, as the mothers, the nurturers. And I get that, you know, my mother was that way. Um, but we just, I, I guess we're just different. Um, and Luckily, no one has really um, disrespected me or my decision. Um, some people don't understand it. And some people try to encourage me to have children. But, you know, my, my true friends and my family, my parents, they understand that that's just not who I am. And that, that's okay. You know, I still have a lot to offer to the world.
0: That's true. I think my family is very different. My family gets very aggressive. Mm. very aggressive so from my turn 24 they were telling me like i need to have kids they're like counting down my fertility they're the main question wow. is who's going to take care of you when you're older
1: i get that um
0: and yeah so i don't really have but, an answer
1: to that <laughs> i hope that hopefully maybe with with me having a good retirement income one day that I would be able to hire somebody that I trust to to come take care of me in my home. That's kind of what I hope, but I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it, I guess.
0: That's the same thing I said. I'm like, we have, I mean, PSWs are a profession, personal support workers. And, you know, if you do have a good retirement income, which you're, if you play your cards, right, as a child free person, you're more likely to have than right. somebody with, with multiple children because you're, you know, and and this is the difference between America and Canada as well. Like what our entire degree cost is just one year of your degree cost. Mm -hmm. So, but if you have three children and you're paying for the degrees, that's not, doesn't really leave you buffer room for that retirement income. Right. So I think, I think you're banking on those children in, in that sense as well. Also, something that daunted me the other day, I follow Debt Free Millennials on Instagram. And she put the cost just to have her child. Mm -hmm. And I was astonished. I, Because in Canada, it's free to have a child. You walk in, you walk out, no bill. They even give you the diapers for free.
1: Wow.
0: (laughs) And she was like, I think another one of my questions is, and this is like more discussion base not even like a child free base but like to have kids and pay let's say you're going to pay without insurance almost a hundred thousand dollars to have this child let and say if you get a c-section like you're looking at that amount right do you ever wonder like in, and maybe this is america do you ever wonder if that cost is associated with millennials just you know scaling back on the amount of kids they have or just not being interested or do you think it's the fact that we just are like a we make less money or less income than our parents did.
1: You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, and I, I know that you hear a lot of the older generation, like my parents' generation saying, well, we were broke. We had no money. We worked for pennies. And it's like, yeah, but your house costs wait, you know, it, things are to scale and, and, and yeah. things of the costs have right, risen with everything. And so I don't know if if that's the millennials hold up um, because, you know, we're, I think, uh, you know, we're a little more independent, we're a little more um, stubborn, and hopefully I can say that out loud because I am one. Um, Same. <laughs> so <clears throat> I feel like we just we like what we like and we want to have our cake and eat it too. And so if that means coming home and taking a nap and then going to the gym and then going out to dinner and going to a movie and not having to worry about childcare, which is it in itself, I don't know how it is in Canada. It is astronomical here in the U S for childcare. Um, Same can be hundreds of dollars per week per child Yeah, um, mm-hmm. for good care. And so it's, you know, I, I think we just, I don't want to say we're spoiled, um, but we just, we know what we want. Um, and, and a lot of us that does not include kids. We love our pets. We love our families, but we, we don't want to birth children of our own. And, um, I don't know if the cost of actually giving birth is, is in a lot of people's minds because there, there are so many factors there in terms of whether you have insurance, whether you don't, um, some people that don't have insurance, they, they get, uh, a discount for not having insurance or they, if you, if you pay up front, you get a discount. It's, it's very strange. And there's, there's these algorithms that I don't want to have to solve. Um, but I, I don't know how much of it is the cost of giving birth versus how much you're going to have to pay for, like you said, not even 18 years anymore, but, but more, um, I was very fortunate that my parents paid for my college. Um, not, not everybody is. Um, and I, yeah. I just can't imagine me not having paid for my own college, that didn't, I mean, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to afford it. Um, I worked in retail when I was in college and made minimum wage. And um, so, not even paying for my own college, I can't imagine just having all this extra fun money to, to pay for my child's college, which I would yeah. want to do because my parents did that for me. And so, I, I almost sometimes feel like, on top of all of the other reasons that I'm child free, that I could not do for my children, what my parents did for me. And then I would feel mm-hmm. like a failure. Um, so that that's kind of another reason to, to tack on to everything else that, that I've mentioned.
0: Yeah. I think that question was more, born more out of a, it wasn't even a debate. It was a discussion that I was having with, these are women that already had kids by the way, mind you. Right. And they were saying that they wanted to expand upon their family, but the cost of giving birth was what was deterring them and then the question came to me in the same way that I would like the respect and the opportunity to be child free I think that people who want more kids should have the opportunity to have it and then finances shouldn't be a barrier so that was kind of like where that conversation piece came from with them but also I think that question was still in my mind here um so now I was actually surprised because I thought the south would be more demanding in terms of like Why don't you have kids yet? Like, I thought that would be more of a. a It depends on the
1: person. um, And it kind of just depends on their core beliefs. A a lot of the older generation, they don't get it. Um, Luckily, my parents do. And I think maybe because I'm an only child and mom didn't have, once she had me at 37, there was really no time to have another child. Um, So I think they still kind of see me as their child and don't really see me as giving birth to a child because I'm still their child. So I think that's why they're okay with it. Um, and really my parents and my husband, those are the only opinions that matter to me anyway. Um, but so, so I got lucky that, that they were not pushy for grandkids.
0: That's true. Okay. Now my mom is pushy for grandkids. I can't lie. But <laughs> my mom also comes from the mentality that if you're going to have one, have not meanwhile, I'm an only child, but still, <laughs> but still, my whole thing is coming from being an only child. Even if I were to have kids, I would never want more than one. And then maybe same, same. And I think I just I really enjoyed being an only child. I don't know what the what the was right. about it.
1: For a long time, I didn't because I I had the messed up mentality that that if you had a sibling, they were like your best friend. Um, oh. and and my friends quickly told me like, no, we fight all the time. Um, so I didn't start enjoying it until I was older, a teenager. And then realizing I didn't have to share a phone with anybody. Didn't have to share the computer. I got to have it all to myself. And, and now that I'm even older, you know, I see my parents struggle, not struggling. They, they are taking care of my grandmothers. And both of my grandmothers are still, I have one just turned 90 years old a couple weeks ago. Um, and so they're struggling to, they have siblings, both of my parents do and and sometimes there, there aren't always agreements on how to best take care of their parents. And I'm, I'm kind of excited that I, I won't have to fight anybody on how to take care of my mom and dad. I can just do as I please. And of course, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do the best job that I can. But I, I think I'll be glad that, you know, it will be my decision, though it will be some tough decisions that I may have to make down the road. And then, of course, one day in the hopefully far, far out future when, when my parents aren't here, you know, I'll have to, it'll follow me to, to clean out their things and sell their house. And But at the same time, you know, I know that I won't have to worry about a sibling of mine, maybe not treating them as well or not doing their share. Like I, I yeah. trust myself enough to know that I will do the best job that I can.
0: Yeah. Taking care of seniors is hard. I think. So growing up, even as a kid, I loved being an only child. I really craved a dog, which I have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, that was what I wanted. Like animals. I didn't want a sibling. Um, but like now that I'm older, like 26 and I'm taking care, I think I'm taking care of like right now it's four seniors, but the highest at any time was like six or seven. That was when I really felt it. When I was like, oh, if I had a sibling, I would have like help with these, Seniors that are like my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, whatever not. And I just realized it's just happenstance that majority of the people in my family are 80 to 90 years old. So so it's just kind of like that's what I fell into. And being an only child in that environment is a little bit hard, but they all gave me the best years of their latter lives and their early retirement. So I think maybe I owe them like something, (laughs) but that's, that's that. So I think my next question for you is do you so you mentioned that not a lot of your friends have kids right
1: not a lot and a lot of my cousins don't
0: okay so majority of my cousins do and a lot of my friends do or they're planning to so I think that's a different like climate for me so I I guess you haven't had any like social issues in terms of, like our socialization issues in terms of like your decision
1: I don't think so um you know I, I have a, a wonderful friend who has a child and she has another one on the way and we have both um in the past kind of you know let each other be we we haven't always understood each other um she you know as, as a person who loves children she doesn't understand why I would have them and then I as a person who's child free I don't feel that pull that to to have them um, but we have never gotten to a point where we're just like, well, you're wrong and you're wrong and pointing fingers. I don't, I don't think we've ever done that. Um, we, we understand each other's right to choose, um, to have children or not. And then, you know, a lot of my other friends, um, I I have a friend with three children and she's one of my best friends. And, you know, she, she has told me that she completely respects my decision. She understands what, um, what this world is turning into. And sometimes that's a scary thing. And so she understands even further why people would, would decide not to. And my dad has even said, um, going back to my parents' support of me, he's even said, you know, if, if I were your age in 2021, I would probably not have children. And that's not him saying that I shouldn't have. It's just saying that this is a different world um and so you know I think that influences a lot of my friends decisions not to have children um my my friend who I told you about who lives in Florida she has said that you know if she had a child she would never let them leave the house because she would worry so much about them and I, I get that um yeah and and a lot of my friends too have have gone on past college to graduate school and I did the same and um so by the time we even think about settling down and buying a house and having, I mean, we're, we're kind of older as we do that. Um, and then we, we kind of want to spend these years recuperating from all of the college that we went to and all of the hard work that we did. So, um, I, luckily it has not torn apart any friendships. Um, I, you know, I've always loved my friends, kids and they call me aunt and I have nephews of my own and, Um, I work with children, so I I love kids, but I just, I'm glad that everyone in terms of my social circle has, has never told me, you know, you're wrong. You should be doing this instead of doing this.
0: Yeah. You know, what was really funny is that like most people around me, around me specifically are like, I guess I mentioned very aggressive about it. And it's like a very like loud messaging. And like, I asked my therapist one day, because I think he has like a lot of kids like I don't even know the exact number I just never verified I feel like it's four or five I just never verified (laughs) I know and he was like I'm gonna be completely honest with you I'm not supposed to say this but I'm gonna say it he's like being a parent is extremely hard yeah and if you do not feel like it's for you I don't recommend it Mm -hmm. like it was blunt he's like I love my kids like I love being a parent but it's so hard that noth- I, like nothing's harder than this right so if you're yeah. not ready and you don't feel like it don't do it right. and I thought that was the most honest advice that anybody has ever given to me nobody has ever said that to me in my life and it like that changed my mindset on it in many ways
1: I think so many people are afraid of people maybe misconstruing that they regret having kids and so a lot of people are not that open and honest about you know how they feel you know my parents only had one. So, and they said that I was, I was a pretty easygoing baby and toddler. And, um, but so many people who I think feel like they're in over their heads, they, they don't have a, an outlet to tell people that and, or they're afraid to tell people that because they're afraid that people will think they're a bad parent or think that they regret having kids. And um, I, I don't know. It's just, I, it's, it's kind of like a, a catch-22, you know, you you want to be, um, especially in my profession working in a school, you want to be a mentor, you want to be like a, a big brother, big sister, or a, a parent figure to these kids, mm-hmm. um, and, and luckily I get to do that every day, but then I get to come home and I get to be me, um, and who, whoever that may be for the day, they're, there are different versions of myself. There are the, you know, excited, you know, almost sometimes manic, let's go shopping, spend all our money. Um, And then there's the me that sometimes comes home and lays on the couch and cries because, because I'm worried about, you know, this or that. So I I think I have the best of both worlds when I say that I, I'm glad I don't have kids, but I'm glad I get to be around kids. Yes.
0: A hundred percent. I feel the same way. I love have, like now I have a different profession, so I don't get to work with them nine to five anymore, but mm-hmm. I teach piano to kids. And so okay. I'll have those two, three hours with them. And I'm like, this is great. I taught you a skill. Then, you yeah. know, they get to the recital and then you're so proud of them because mm-hmm. they did something. And you, I feel like you and their parents share that same pride in that way. Yes. So Absolutely. it's like being, it's like being a paid auntie in a way, but like, I hope <laughs> to be like aunties to my friends, children in that sense where you need a break. Um, I'm here to help. Like my goal is to like, I guess, take that nurturing that I have and share it with everyone. Cause I believe it takes a community to raise a child. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And you can be a part of that community if your friends allow you to be.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I, tomorrow's the last day of the school year for these kids and i'm I'm already mourning the kids that that'll go on to a different school and not be at our school next year and um it's you know i i feel as much of it as i can feel i feel the love of a parent and i I know i will never fully be able to say that as a person who's not a parent but i feel um I feel the weight of the world on these kids shoulders and I get it. And I, you know, I, I tell them, they think I'm, I'm old and decrepit. Um, because anything that's older than like nine is, is old. Um, but I, you know, I tell them it's, it hasn't been that long since I was in school. I get it. I get what this peer pressure in society can, can do to a person. Um, so I am I'm, I'm glad I get to be a, a part of their lives, even if it's not in the evening and at night and all the time, I, I get to be like a safe person for them to come and talk to during the day. And so I'm, I'm grateful that I get to be around kids and, um, get to be around that the age group that I'm around. Cause they're, they're a fun group as they're growing and developing. Um, yeah. I don't know that I would want to work with like babies and toddlers. I, I like to have actual conversations with kids and, you know, get to really kind of explain, um, different ways to help them and nurture them. And I, I think with babies, it's so much of like the responsibility is so big. Cause when, when you, I, I, yeah. I'm assuming when you first have a child, like your main goal is like keep this kid alive. Um, but once they are able to be more independent and walk and talk, you there's a lot that you can teach them and show them and, and explain to them. And I enjoy that very much.
0: I love a potty trained toddler. I like toddlers, but when they're potty trained, um I've babysit a lot of babies um I don't mind them because I guess like I'm giving them back to their parent at night so I'm going to my own bed and having a good eight hours yes but I babysit a lot of newborn babies like they don't do much they're cute though they don't do much though but I think if you're lacking sleep they're not cute anymore they're just like frustrating right but I think though once the toddler's potty trained and as you can tell here a potty trained toddler is my biggest nightmare but a (laughs) non-potty trained one toddlers say some interesting things I'm not gonna lie
1: they you know they don't they don't know not to repeat things they've heard so it's it's very comical some of the things that come out of their mouths
0: I know it's like they're mini adults yes yes. they know so much
1: and they see so much and I I don't know if I was sheltered. Um, my, my mom and dad both were educators as well. And so they, I, I was very much, um, I had to follow the rules I had to obey and I didn't get to watch PG 13 movies, you know, for a while. And so they, they know they have access to so much and they say so many things that I I think, you know, when I was your age, I didn't even know what that was. Or what that mm-hmm. meant, or that that was not appropriate to say. They just come out with it.
0: I know. I mean, I love it, and sometimes they have these creative ideas, and you're like, that could actually work. I could, I could see that working. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to me. I like that. I love a potty trained toddler. That's. Mm-hmm. I've worked with many toddlers that have not been potty trained. I'm a little bit traumatized. <laughs> Excuse
1: me. I understand. That you've probably seen and smelled some things that nobody should have to see and smell. That's like yeah. that's like Octomom. Do you remember her?
0: Oh, I remember her. I remember her.
1: That makes me physically hurt.
0: That was it for me.
1: Yep.
0: Um. Okay. So now I have more South Carolina questions. If you don't mind me asking, Go right
1: ahead. I'll answer to the best okay. of my ability.
0: Okay. Is Myrtle Beach in South Carolina?
1: It is. Yes.
0: Okay. What is it like there? Have you been?
1: Oh yes. Uh, we're we're about four hours away from myrtle beach so we're kind of on opposite ends um it have you ever heard it called dirty myrtle
0: no no it's
1: it's um it's very southern and it's very touristy and it's not the cleanest um in my experience now i'm sure there are parts and beautiful beach houses and but when you think of Myrtle Beach, you don't always think of the, the fanciest beach. You know, there's, there's Charleston, there's Hilton Head, um, some, some nicer areas, I, I think, that we, we think of yeah. more we think of where we would want to vacation. But there is something about Myrtle Beach that just feels nostalgic to me because I think it's probably the first beach I ever went to um as a child and that's yeah. kind of where you went on vacation so i i think i will always it'll always have a special place in my heart for sure
0: i think so many canadians are like i'm going to myrtle beach this summer and then we're all like what Myrtle Beach? <laughs> like it's like this place and all the instagram pictures come out so good and then people people actually here get so hyped for myrtle beach well, <laughs> So cool. I didn't, I didn't know it was dirty Myrtle because it's like, that's, you want to go. Yeah.
1: Um, and there's, there's coastal Carolina, which I think the address is actually Conway, South Carolina, not Myrtle beach, but mm-hmm. coastal Carolina, the college has gotten really um, good at football the last couple of years. And that's kind of how they're building up their school. And so I think more people are, are even more interested in it, um, in the mm-hmm. Myrtle beach area because of, of football. So that's kind of cool.
0: Okay. Okay. That's interesting. One day I will go to Myrtle Beach because everyone's going to Myrtle Beach and I want to be a part of it. So I will see. I'll also go to Conway in South Carolina. And I, see I don't know that like. there's
1: much. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how much is there, um, but it's not far from, from Myrtle Beach.
0: Okay. I'm going to add it to my list though. Please do. I will.
1: i you there.
0: Okay. Yay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have to come and have chair wine. I guess, have you ever had chair wine?
0: No. What's that?
1: It's like a, it's a, like a cherry soda um it is delicious and Sundrop. we
0: have cherry coke
1: it's it's a little sweeter than cherry coke it's a little less um coke can kind of have a bite to it um cheer wine doesn't have as much of that and then we have sundrop which my husband drinks night sundrop um all the time uh it's it's a citrusy soda
0: okay okay
1: i mean you can find them around here but you can't um they're not everywhere. So we, um, we like our, and then our tea is very, very sweet.
0: Oh yes. Uh,
1: a lot not of enough. sugar. Um, and, and, most people, when you say sweet tea, you, you literally mean sweet. Um, you have to, if you're a diabetic, my husband's diabetic, he has to say unsweetened. So they don't put anything in it. So he has to pour like sweet and low or equal or Splenda or something in it but it's, tea is either sweet or unsweet. I know in, in some places you just say iced tea and they bring you whatever um, yeah. you have to specify here.
0: No, in New York, um, I think it's around Albany area, but I know parts of New York, you have to specify as well. So what happened is in Canada, if you say unsweetened, there's Splenda in it, like sweet. Oh, automatically. But say, yes, but if you say sweet, it's regular, but our sweet is not even near US sweet. Right of our regulations and so um I went obviously and I said hi can I get an unsweetened iced tea no sugar was in that thing I was so shocked mm-hmm. that there was no sugar in the iced tea or no Splenda right. so then I asked for a sweet iced tea and it was so sweet I couldn't even finish it oh, wow. because it's like it was like syrup it was like syrup but here they don't do that so I was like this that so I have had that happen to you before in terms of the sweet and the unsweet tea but I didn't realize that like unsweetened meant actually like unsweetened
1: yes yes well you mentioned New York I I love New York I've been several times um, same we got to in 2015 I got to sing with the choir at Carnegie Hall and that was like oh my god same people. really
0: yes I did the same thing
1: wow well that's awesome Yes, we have, we have things in common. We have
0: we New York. <laughs> <laughs> we sang at Carnegie Hall in New York. We are only oh, children. Oh,
1: Gosh, it was it was beautiful.
0: Gorgeous, gorgeous. Yes. I got yes. another opportunity, but I didn't go. But that's like a side note.
1: I'm hoping to have another opportunity someday for sure.
0: Yes, I love choir.
1: <laughs> yes, me too.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Wait, how long have you been in choir? Side note.
1: Oh, um i mean since i can remember
0: okay um
1: you know i was in the children's choir and then the youth choir and then what we call the adult choir or just the choir um Mm -hmm. and then we have a community chorus and i i just have always my mom instilled a love of music in me at a young age and that's always stuck with me
0: i went to like the church choir as a kid Mm -hmm. okay first of all i thought it was britney spears when i was a kid i don't know why so (laughs) i think y'all did I think okay. so like I would do all her performances I would learn all the routine mm-hmm. I still you know I still know oops I did it again like the full dance routine like it's oh, like ingrained funny. in my brain and then I was doing actually last night for cardio like don't, no one needs to judge me for this I, like um you drive me crazy I was doing the routine last night because I needed to work out because I still remember it and then <laughs> so I thought it was Brittany and then I went to the church choir And then I went to the youth choir and then I went to my university choir and I'm still in my university choir. So same thing, same thing in that way. I love choir.
1: Yes, I do too. I, my, I, Britney Spears was the first CD that I ever had. Um, But my real love when, when I was a child, I listened to country music. So I guess that is the southerner in me. I don't anymore and I don't particularly like it, but have you ever heard of Shania Twain?
0: a (laughs) hundred percent
1: okay oh good love Um, her was she was I looked up to her her poster was on my door it was um my friends would come over and say it it was she was in a very seductive pose and um it it looked like she was staring into your soul so my friends would come over and get creeped out because they would wake up in the middle of the night and Shania was just on my door staring at them um so I I think that's who I thought I was and I would make these little music videos and dance and try to dress like her and um it's it's funny that that you mentioned Britney Spears, because mine was Shania Twain, but then my first ever CD was Britney Spears. So I think we all watched our idols on MTV and just thought one day we would end up like them.
0: That's true. I think, okay, maybe you know the sun, you know, Sync and the Backstreet Boys, right?
1: Oh, of course.
0: Okay. Which one?
1: In NSYNC. <gasps> but I have not, I have seen the Backstreet Boys in person, I think twice. Yeah. I think by the because they they have lingered on and on and on, but yeah. my real love is with InSync.
0: My real love is Backstreet Boys. This is the thing I was telling my friend. InSync, they're far superior performers, but they're not. You can't say they're better singers than the Backstreet Boys.
1: I, I can I can understand that.
0: Right, um, and
1: they're they're more short lived. So I mean, I guess um you know when I when I have gone to Backstreet Boys concerts, I was you know, early twenties. So there were a lot of people my age. Um, yeah. And, and at that time NSYNC was no more. And so I just, I wonder now if, if NSYNC were still together and if they both toured, you know, who, who would more people go to?
0: That's true. That's true. But still to this day, Backstreet Boys has sold better than NSYNC around right. the world. Like like internationally Backstreet Boys did better than NSYNC. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the difference, but I mean, if you're just basing it on vocal capabilities, I can see why, like, it. I mean, Backstreet Boys did better in right. that way.
1: I, I, can, I can understand that. Did, you, did your... you branch off and listen to Aaron Carter, who is Nick Carter's brother?
0: I didn't love Aaron, though. I listened really? to him, but I didn't love him.
1: I think I loved him too much. Maybe that was my problem.
0: Oh, my God. No, like, Candy, Saturday Night. I have his CDs, but I didn't like, I think I just enjoyed him for listening pleasure. I wasn't like obsessed. I didn't have a crush on him. That's what it is. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. I, I think I'm sure I had a crush on them all at one point or another. Um, and, and many other crushes, you know, so that I, I very much loved the boy band era.
0: I, oh my God, that was the best O-Town.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I can't remember. 98 all, yes. That's what I was thinking about. Degrees.
1: See, um, And they were, they were kind of, not as popular when I was a kid, but I got to see new kids on the block and yes. I got to see 98 degrees. And I got to see, um, gosh, who else? Backstreet boys. And I got to see, um, I, I forget the name. They were another boy band, um, but it, it was just, it was like a reunion tour and that was so much fun.
0: I think the, the Voice album Man, that I...
1: Man is who I saw. I'm sorry. It just came to me.
0: Boys to Men are amazing I listen to them all the time still to this day Mm -hmm. they're so good um the album I remember I like I aggressively needed to have was 2004 Usher's Confessions I (sighs) needed to have it I got it signed by Usher I got it signed by Usher yes I still have it till this day I don't think I played an album harder like and I was listening to it the other day from start to finish just to hear what or to remember what I loved about it. That album's a masterpiece.
1: Is that the album that yeah is on? Yes. Okay. That was like the middle school dance. Like you stopped what you were doing and you went out and danced no matter what you yeah. were doing.
0: Yes. That album. I love that album. Yeah. Like I, I don't think he's have had a good album since that one, to be honest.
1: I that was just a fun like my middle school years like when i was like 12 13 14 those were just my favorite years i was just that was that was the era of you know Christina and Dirty and yes. um 50 Cent and uh like there was like do you remember little bow wow and little romeo oh yeah
0: yeah um,
1: they would always compete and you'd have to like have your allegiance to whoever and Um, Omarion, I've always loved him. I love Omarion. Yes.
0: Okay. So I feel like we listened to the same music going up.
1: Yeah. I
0: I did, I did listen to a little bit of heavy metal too growing up. I still do, but I think that I don't know why. I just had an affinity for it.
1: I, I, um, my husband introduced me to the emo era. Um, yeah. So we, and that, I think that's what I, I miss a lot is a lot of the bands that we listen to don't tour anymore. Um, no. And those were some of like the, the first real shows I went to, where you would like get thrown around and you may break a rib, um, but it was just so it made you just feel alive and fun.
0: Yeah. Like who did you get to see?
1: Um, we saw my first one was brand new. Have you ever listened to them?
0: No, not brand new.
1: Oh goodness. And then um, the Gaslight Anthem, Brian Fallon. I've heard of them
0: i've heard of them haven't seen them though um
1: the airborne toxic event
0: no one never heard of them
1: phenomenal and um let me think of who else my husband saw i think he saw coheed in cambria but i didn't go to that show
0: i knew cambria yeah
1: um and kevin divine was with brand new sometimes um and then I, I still did go to, I went to a maroon vibe concert. These were the, the less intimate shows, you know, where you didn't yeah. stand up the whole time. You might go sit in the grass. Um, I went there and I went, to Kelly Clarkson opened up for them. And then I would, I would do the Backstreet Boys. And um, my, my latest love has been Kiefer Sutherland. He started a band. I don't know, um, as a Canadian, I don't know how much you appreciate him. Um, he is. <laughs> one of my favorites and I got to meet him and I got to give him a kiss on the cheek and get his autograph. And, um, his is more country, which is is not what I lean towards, but it's, it's still some rock and roll too. But I, I think rock and roll, um, and then like the pop dance, Y2K stuff. I mean, I think that's where my heart lies.
0: Same. The one person that I've gone, if he has a concert in Toronto, I'm at the concert is John Mayer. I don't know how many times I can see John Mayer live. There's just something about him. He could stand there in ripped up clothes with a guitar and I'll pay hundreds of dollars. I don't know why.
1: My at my wedding, my dad and I danced Two Daughters by him. And that's it's always been one of my favorite songs.
0: I just I love him. I don't know what it is. Like like I don't know, but I've seen John Mayer now four times. Wow. (laughs) He's just so good. And then I saw Jesse James Decker, She's Country, the other day before COVID. That's my last concert before COVID.
1: Oh wow. I, I don't so, remember what my last one was to be honest with you um i'll have to think about that
0: one i think but i know john Mayer was before then i saw this band called dimu borgir they're like symphonic black metal um so i like i listen to everything i think i do like country though because it's the only music you can play for kids and like not have to filter the playlist they're just talking about beer and their wives half the time yes. and their trucks Yes. Beer, heartbreak. Running themes. Yes, beer, heartbreak, truck, <laughs> wife. Yeah. And then love yeah, that.
1: Maybe a dog somewhere in there.
0: It's, it's very easy to like play. Like the kids are just going to learn like beer, truck, wife, heartbreak, mm-hmm. dog.
1: That's it. Mm-hmm.
0: Love, love All it. Right.
1: Yeah, we, we play a lot of kids bop, which can it it I I can appreciate it for what it is, but sometimes they have to change so much of the song and the kids already know the real song. So it's like, you're kind of bringing yeah. up, you don't want them to sing. So, um, but yes, um, being from the South, uh, there's a lot of country around here for sure.
0: I love country music. It just, but it just, it developed later in life. Definitely. It wasn't like something I developed early on.
1: So yeah, I think I was the opposite. I, I kind of transitioned away from it.
0: I transitioned to it again. I hate, <laughs> I hate kids, Bob. So, so I said, I need something that's, that's not kids, Bob that I can just put on for the well, kids. Disney
1: tunes are always good.
0: I, those I put on too definitely Disney yeah. and then country. And what did they ask me for? Actually, I'm, um, do you know, Jason Aldean?
1: I, I knew do. I don't, I don't listen to him, but yes, I do.
0: Okay. So he has a song called big green track called green tracker, big green tractor. Yeah. Something like that. And the kids were all like, oh, like all of them knew this song. And like they're all from like different demographics and whatever not. And I was like, okay, like we can try and perform it. And then they were like, I think the course was like, let me take a ride on your big green tractor. We can go slow and maybe go faster. And they all had the twang to it.
1: Oh my god. And
0: I was like, I was like, wait, I don't think it's he's talking about a big green tractor. Like I really don't yeah. think so. <laughs>
1: What do you call, when you go to the grocery store, what do you call the thing you push?
0: A cart. Oh. Okay. Or a trolley sometimes, depending a on trolley. who it is. Oh, well, that's fun. If you have more, like, British influence, I guess you'd say trolley, but right, it's just a cart, shopping cart.
1: We say a buggy.
0: See, my aunt will say, no, but the thing is, a buggy is different here. A buggy is the one that, it's not necessarily a cart. It's, like, a small rectangular thing. We call those buggies. Hmm. Okay. and you push them in the grocery store too I, right. but we don't call those carts. my aunt will call it buggy sometimes but the buggy is a different thing okay okay <laughs> I like
1: funny? it I like I, I like hearing you know comparing and contrasting
0: I know I know it's fun it is yes yeah. okay so I've talked to you for one whole hour <laughs> that's okay I've
1: enjoyed every minute of it
0: I'm so glad. Thank you so much for coming on and recording with me.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I will um, shout you out on Instagram because I already follow you.
0: Okay, good. I'm so excited. If I have any questions about the South and I ever come back to the South, I'm definitely going to ask you.
1: Please do. I am an expert. I've been here my whole life. Um, I grew That's up in true. North Carolina and then moved. We moved 20 minutes down the road over the the state line to south carolina but so i'm i'm just from carolina if that helps
0: (laughs) that makes sense if you have any questions about canada ask me (laughs) i will
1: i know a lot of movies are filmed there and it just looks beautiful is it (laughs) i
0: think so you know maybe maybe
1: pick the best of the best for like a movie scene but you know
0: i know thank you so much for coming again thank you
1: Okay.
0: okay bye